My name is Aim Chowson. I'm the minister to children and students here at Blue Valley Baptist Church, Richfield Campus, if you don't know who I am. Um, definitely am not Pastor Micah. You can tell by the height. Um, we are that much different, right? Um, he's still on vacation, and this is such a great opportunity and an honor that you've given me and extended to me once a year to share God's word with you, and it's such an honor. Um, this morning, we will be in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 21. Um, if you have a copy of God's word, just go there with me. Romans 12, verse 9 to 21. And by the way, happy 4th of July, even though today is the 3rd, but happy 4th to everybody. All right, I would like to ask you to stand to honor the reading of God's word with me. Let love be genuine, abhor Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so, by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Father, thank you for your love that you have shown me through your son, Jesus Christ. And what he's done on the cross is a display of your love for me and for all of us. And God, I pray that you will speak through me and use me, God. To bless everyone in this room. That they will hear from you. Every word that will come from my mouth. Will come from you. God teach me your way. Teach all of us your way. And how to love like how you love us. God we love you. We thank you for this uh, moment. This morning. And your word. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Do you like to mark things. That stand out to you? I, I do that a lot when I read books, even though I don't read lots of books. I do love reading the Bible. And if you look at my Bible, you will see that 
I highlight everywhere. There's a lot of um, places that I highlight. And I use bookmarks, and I use this thing. I don't know what that's called. But I also use it to mark the Bible, right? So we, we mark the Bible. We mark the things that stand out to us, especially me. I like to do that. And I do that in order to, uh, when I want to find things, and I can go there and it just pop out to me and it stand out to me and I can see it right away. Have you, have you been, been there or done that? Like when you go and say, I, I'm looking for this verse and you, you did not highlight it and it's like you read through the whole page, right? So that's, that happened to me. That's why when I read it and then something stand out to me, God speak to me, I highlight because it stand out to me. It's easy to find. So what is the purpose of marking? What is the purpose of marking? So for me, when I highlight text in books or in the Bible or use a bookmark, it makes things easier to find when I need them. I don't know about you, but that's me. It's easy for me to find. Do you know that God also leaves a mark on every single one of us? He leaves a mark for us. So my question is, do you know what the mark of a true believer is? Can you, anybody? What's the mark of a true believer? Love. Love is the mark of a true believer. When people around us are in need of love or looking for love, can they easily find it in us? Does your love for God and love for others stand out in such a way that they can come to you when they're looking for one, when they're in need of one? Does it leave a mark for other people to see and to find it? Jesus said this in uh, Mark 12, 30, 31. He said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is this, is to love your neighbors as yourself. And this is the greatest of all, right? These two. Love the Lord your God <clears throat> and love your neighbors. Many Christians tend to do the first one really well, which is to love God. But a lot of times we do poorly on the second one, which is to love your neighbors as yourself. Many Christians focus more or only on loving God, but not loving the neighbors. Now, I'm not saying that you have not shown love to your neighbors or the people around you. But we tend to focus so much more on the loving God, and then we, we, we think very little about loving others. We tend to say, like, God will be pleased with me if I just love God. But we, tend, we forget that Jesus said the second one is like it, is to love your neighbors as yourself. How we love others, how we love our neighbors is the love that flow from the love that God has given all of us. And that's how we'll be able to love others. So when people around you 
talk to you or look at you or seek you out for help? Do they see the love of God? Or do they see the hatred that you have toward them because of their sins or because of their differences? What kind of marks? What kind of marks have you left on this world? Is it the mark from a cut which harms? Or is it the mark from a stitch which heals? Which one is it? Now, Jesus calls you and me to live out and to leave the mark of his love on his behalf. Because God gave us, he put that mark on us. How did he do that? On the cross. He died for us. He showed us love toward us. While we were still his enemies, still sinner, Christ died for us. That's how he showed us his love for us. That's the mark. And now you receive that mark. And then he expects all of us to leave that mark. If you receive that mark, he expects all of us to leave that mark on this earth and in other people's life. So he gave that to us in order for us to do that, to, li- to leave the mark of his love. John 13, 34, Jesus says this to his disciple. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. How should we love? How should we love? We should love like how God has loved us. Now the question is, it's going to be so hard for us to know how to love if we have not experienced the love of God in our lives, right? It will be very hard. We have to receive that mark from God in our lives. We have to receive that love from God and extend or live in reflection of that love toward others. And people will see when you have love for one another. 1 John 4, 7 to 8. John said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Now you understand We love because God first loved us. He was the one that left that mark in our lives. Do you have that mark in you? And then he expects you to to leave the same kind of mark in other people's lives, like how he did to you. How do people know or notice our love for God? How do they know? How do they see it? And how do they notice that? It is through our love for others. 
is a reflection of that love. Therefore, the mark of a true believer is love. And this love must be genuine. At the first service, I said genuine, and someone said, hey, you just left that mark for me because I said it genuine. See, if you hear me say genuine, don't mind me, okay? Um, there's a little accent there. But I want to leave that mark. The mark of a true believer is love. And that love must be genuine love. And we should look closer to um, this genuine love, what it should look like, okay? Number one, genuine love promotes holiness. Genuine love promotes holiness. Now, this passage, all the, the verses, they all over the place. So I'm going to put them. It's not going to be in order, one, two, three, four, five. So I'm going to put all the verses um, into where it's supposed to be, and then um, it will make sense um, as you follow. Verse 9, read this way. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Now, first, we are to love God. To love God is to love and live in righteousness and to hate what is evil. Let me repeat that. To love God is to love and to live in righteousness and to hate what is evil. We love what God loves. We hate what God hates. Okay? Verse 11 tells us not to be lazy, but instead be fervent in spirit in serving the Lord by living in holiness and hating what is evil. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now this reminds me of the story of King Saul and David. When Saul went into a cave to relieve himself, now I'm going to leave that to your own imagination, what he's doing in the cave to relieve himself. David had an opportunity to take Saul's life, but he did not. His men said to him, they said, here's the day, here's the day, David, of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give you enemy, um, your enemy into your hand. And you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. As it seem good to you. What did David do? David honored God. He said, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, King Saul, the Lord's anointed. Now David did not do what seemed good to him. But... He did what was right in God's eyes. King Saul, which is his enemy, acknowledged David's righteous act. He said, you are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. See that? David was not overcome by evil. But he overcame evil with good. And because of that righteous act that he did, his enemy 
saw and pointed out what David did was righteous. What about you and me? What about you and me? Have we lived and loved in such a way that other people can see and say that our love is genuine and promotes God's holiness? Let me ask you one more time. Have we lived and loved in such a way that others can see and say that our love is genuine and promotes God's holiness? We are to show love, mercy, and kindness like David to Saul. To those who live in sin or hold to different views from us, yet at the same time promoting God's holiness through our zeal and commitment to the Lord. Do people see your love for God and notice your love for them? Or do they see only you saying that you love God, but all they have experienced is your hatred toward them? Now, I'm not asking us to compromise God's holiness. Do not compromise your seal for righteousness, but instead promote it with grace, love, mercy, kindness, and gentleness. Because this is how God promotes his. Not through condemnation, but through Christ, his son. Because while we were still sinners, while we are still his enemy, he died for us. That's how he showed his love for us. Next, Paul says that genuine love promotes selflessness. Genuine love promotes selflessness. Verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Now, these three verses shows how our genuine love should promote selflessness toward other believers in order for us to leave our mark. It's the mark of God's love in our life. John 13, 35, Jesus says, By this, all the people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. People will see that you are a true believer, a true follower of Jesus Christ, a true disciple. If they see, if they notice your love for one another. Now, one another here is your brothers and sisters in Christ. Not only that, look at verse 14 to 15. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. 
Now, these two verses include how our genuine love should promote selflessness to the people who may or may not be Christ's followers. May or may not be Christ's followers in order for us to leave our mark. It's the mark of God's love in our lives. So how should we do that? It's not only we should not show our love or promote our love only to our brother and sister in Christ, but we have to do it to those that we call non-believers, those that don't have Christ, even to those that hate our God. Matthew 5, 44, Jesus says this. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So first, we are to love God. First, we are to love God. And second, we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. The question is, who are our neighbors? Who are our neighbors? They are those who we call them brother and sister in Christ. Those are neighbors. And those who do not follow Christ as their Lord and Savior, those are neighbors. So to love God is to love and to live selflessly for them both. For them both. So how have others seen your love through your selfless living? Let me ask that one more time. How have other people seen your selfless, um, your love through your selfless living? How have they seen your love through your selfless living? Have you left a mark in such a way that when others need help, they can run to you? Have you left that mark? Let me read um, a text of my friend who, who sent it to me. Um, he's the guy that <clears throat> we play soccer together. Now he's in um, outside the States because he moved um, due to some financial situation and um, to start a new life there. Um, here's a text he sent me. He said, hey, bro. Now, bro means it's a cool term for brother if you don't know. All right. He said, hey, bro, I won't be able to make it. Talking about playing soccer. I uh, won't be able to make it today. And bro, now he loved using that bro term, right? I need some help. I need some help. I need a bit of cash because I don't have any. I used most of it fixing my girlfriend's car and buying a ticket because he had to go to a different state. And he got no money. And he said, I want to ask people in the group, the group that we play together about 40 people in the group that play soccer um, weekly to help me, but I'm afraid to. Now, 40 of, of us, he texted me. Now, I'm not perfect. I'm nowhere near. I'm not perfect. But I'm glad that my friend sees the mark that I left. I'm glad that he sees the mark that I left and he knows that he can run to me for help and comfort. I didn't have much, but I was able to help. Let me ask you another, um, the same question one more time. How have other people seen your love 
through your selfless living. Finally, genuine love promotes peace. Genuine love promotes peace. Verse 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Paul encourages us that through our prayers and our hope in God's love for us and our love for him, we can find peace in our lives in the midst of difficulties. Is that how people around you see your love? Philippians 4, 6 to 7, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart, your mind, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's God's promise. When people around you, when people around you see how you find peace in the middle of storms in your life, they will be intrigued by it. And hopefully they will see the confidence of your love for God and God's love for you. You see that? When, you, when your love promotes that peace, people will start seeing that. Say, wow, even you going through this difficult time, you're able to find that peace. Your God is great. They understand and they see God's love for you. And they also see in return your love for God, how you're so confident in God's love for you in the midst of the difficulties in your life. Are you going through a storm right now in your life? Have you found the peace of God and others, have they seen that you have that peace? If you have not found that peace yet, I encourage you and I challenge you to pray to God because it's his promise that he will give you the peace. He promised that. That he will give you the peace which surpasses all understandings. And it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now here's the thing. When we're going through some difficult times in our lives, we tend to think a lot of things, right? Our minds start to wander. It start going off the rail. We start to think, and start to doubt God, and it's come to the heart. Say, ah, oh, does God really love me? Does God, does he care about me? Why didn't he let this happen to me? You see that? If we cannot find that peace, it starts to wander off. But God said, if, if you're struggling with that, pray, and God will give you that peace in the middle of the storm, in the middle of difficulties, and he will guard your heart, and your mind. That's God's promise. Verse 17 to 20. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, 
so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, right here, Paul acknowledges that it's not possible to, li- to, leave, to live at peace with everyone. However, it should be our goal to live peaceably with all. That should be our goal. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now please know this, that as long as we are still breathing and living on this earth, God is not done with us yet. He's not. And he wants us to live at peace with everyone in order to bring his peace into this world. Now, everybody here, the world is full of people who don't believe in God or even hate our God. And yet, God still wants you and me to, to live at peace with all of them. And show them the peace of God which reconciles, the peace of God which restores broken relationships. Let me ask you this. Have your conversations, your comments, your social media posts, or your actions, has any of these that I just said promoted peace. Now, we have so many hot topics um, right now that so many of us are engaged in. I'm not judging you if you are the one, but, but please carefully observe yourself, observe yourself to see if the mark that you leave bring Peace or pain? The mark that you leave brings hurt or healing. The mark that you leave brings resentment or restoration. The mark that you leave, does it bring love or hatred? Again, that's how we live our lives and other people around us they watching and they seeing it all they seeing the mark is it a cut that harms it is a stitch that heals how do we live how do we live our life so in conclusion when people around you look for love and look for help, have you left a mark for them to see and to find? Have you done that? 
when God looks at you and me, does he find the mark of his love in this world? When God looks at you and me, does he find his love in other people's lives? Have we left a mark of his love in this world? Because the mark of that love is the mark of a true believer. That's why there's so many confusions out there in this world nowadays. Whether Christians are really true believers. Or you're just claiming to be Christians by name. If you claim to be a true believer, ask yourself this question. Is love the mark? And that love must be genuine. That promotes holiness, God's holiness, how you live your life. And that love, the, genu the genuine love, does it promote selflessness? And that genuine love, does it promote peace with others or even the circumstances in your life? Is love the mark of your character? Is love the mark of your character? Let our love be genuine that promotes all those three areas, holiness, selflessness, and peace. Let's go to the Lord.